Chapter Five of the Prairie by James Fenimore Cooper. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by William Peck. Why, worthy father, what have we to lose? The law protects us not. Then why should we be tender to let an arrogant piece of flesh threat us? Play judge and executioner. Cymbeline. While the Teton thus enacted his subtle and characteristic part, not a sound broke the stillness of the surrounding prairie. A whole band lay at their several posts, waiting, with the well-known patience of the natives, for the signal which was to summon them to action. To the eyes of the anxious spectators who occupied the little eminence already described as the position of the captives, the scene presented the broad, solemn view of a waste dimly lighted by the glimmering rays of a clouded moon. The place of the encampment was marked by a gloom deeper than that which faintly shadowed out the courses of the bottoms, and here and there a brighter streak tinged the rolling summits of the ridges. As for the rest, it was the deep, imposing quiet of a desert. But to those who so well knew how much was brooding beneath this mantle of stillness at night, it was a scene of high and wild excitement. Their anxiety gradually increased as minute after minute passed away and not the smallest sound of life arose out of the calm and darkness which enveloped the break. The breathing of Paul grew louder and deeper, and more than once Ellen trembled at she knew not what, as she felt the quivering of his active frame, while she leaned dependently on his arm for support. The shallow honesty, as well as the besetting infirmity of Wooka, have already been exhibited. The reader, therefore, will not be surprised to learn that he was the first to forget the regulations he had himself imposed. It was at the precise moment when we left Matori, yielding to his nearly ungovernable delight, as he surveyed the number and quality of Ishmael's beasts of burden, that the man he had selected to watch his captives chose to indulge in the malignant pleasure of tormenting those it was his duty to protect. Bending his head nigh the ear of the trapper, the savage rather muttered than whispered. If the Tetons lose their great chief by the hands of the long knives, footnote, the whites are so called by the Indians from their swords, old shall die as well as young. Life is the gift of the Wakanda, was the unmoved reply. The burnt wood warrior must submit to his laws, as well as his other children. Men only die when he chooses, and no Dakota can change the hour. Look, returned the savage, thrusting the blade of his knife before the face of his captive. Wooka is the Wakanda of a dog. The old man raised his eyes to the fierce visage of his keeper, and, for a moment, a gleam of honest and powerful disgust shot from their deep cells, but it instantly passed away, leaving in its place an expression of commiseration, if not of sorrow. Why should one made in the real image of God suffer his nature to be provoked by a mere effigy of reason? He said in English, and in tones much louder than those in which Wooka had chosen to pitch the conversation. The latter profited by the unintentional offense of his captive, and, seizing him by the thin, gray locks that fell from beneath his cap, was on the point of passing the blade of his knife in malignant triumph around their roots, when a long, shrill yell rent the air, and was instantly echoed from the surrounding waste, as if a thousand demons opened their throats in common at the summons. Wooka relinquished his grasp, and uttered a cry of exultation. 
"'Now!' shouted Paul, unable to control his impatience any longer. "'Now, old Ishmael, is the time to show the native blood of Kentucky. Fire low, boys! Level into the swales, for the redskins are settling to the very earth!' His voice was, however, lost, or rather unheeded, in the midst of the shrieks, shouts, and yells that were by this time bursting from fifty miles on every side of him. The guards still maintained their posts at the side of the captives, but it was with that sort of difficulty with which steeds are restrained at the starting post when expecting the signal to commence the trial of speed. They tossed their arms wildly in the air, leaping up and down more like exulting children than sober men, and continued to utter the most frantic cries. In the midst of this tumultuous disorder a rushing sound was heard, similar to that which might be expected to precede the passage of a flight of buffaloes and then came the flocks and the cattle of Ishmael in one confused and frightened drove. "'They have robbed the squatter of his beast,' said the attentive trapper. "'The reptiles have left him as hoofless as a beaver.' He was yet speaking, when the whole body of the terrified animals rose the little acclivity and swept by the place where he stood, followed by a band of dusky and demon-like-looking figures who pressed madly on their rear. The impulse was communicated to the Teton horses, long accustomed to sympathize in the untutored passions of their owners, and it was with difficulty that the keepers were enabled to restrain their impatience. At this moment, when all eyes were directed to the passing whirlwind of men and beasts, the trapper caught the knife from the hands of his inattentive keeper, with a power that his age would seem to contradict, and at the single blow severed the thong of hide which connected the whole of the drove. The wild animals snorted with joy and terror, and tearing the earth with their heels, they dashed away into the broad prairies in a dozen different directions. Wooka turned upon his assailant with the ferocity and agility of a tiger. He felt for the weapon of which he had been so suddenly deprived, fumbled with impotent haste for the handle of his tomahawk, and at the same moment glanced his eyes after the flying cattle with the longings of a western Indian. The struggle between thirst for vengeance and cupidity was severe but short. The latter quickly predominated in the bosom of one whose passions were proverbially groveling, and scarcely a moment intervened between the flight of the animals and the swift pursuit of the guards. The trapper had continued calmly facing his foe during the instant of suspense that succeeded his hearty act, and now that Wooka was seen following his companions, he pointed after the dark train, saying, with his deep and nearly inaudible laugh, Red nature is red nature. Let it show itself on a prairie or in the forest. A knock on the head would be the smallest reward to him who takes such liberty with a Christian sentinel. But there goes the Teton after his horses as if he thought two legs as good as four in such a race, and yet the imps will have every hoof of them afore the day sets in, because it's reason, age, and instinct. Poor reason, I allow, but still there is a great deal of the man in an Indian. Ah's me! Your Delawares were the redskins of which America might boast but few and scattered is that mighty people now. Well, the traveller may just make his pitch where he is. He has plenty of water, though. Nature has cheated him of the pleasure of stripping the earth of its lawful trees. He has seen the last of his four-footed creatures, or I am but little skilled in Sioux cunning. Had we not better join the party of Ishmael? said the bee-hunter. There will be a regular fight about this matter, or the old fellow has suddenly grown chicken-hearted. No, no! No! hastily exclaimed Ellen. She was stopped by the trapper, who laid his hand gently on her mouth as he answered. Hiss! Hiss! The sound of voices might bring us into danger. Is your friend, 
he added, turning to Paul, a man of spirit enough. Don't call the squatter a friend of mine, interrupted the youth. I never yet harbored with one who could not show hand and zeal for the land which fed him. Well, well, let it then be acquaintance. Is he a man to maintain his own stoutly by dent of powder and lead? His own? Aye, and that which is not his own, too. Can you tell me, old trapper, who held the rifle that did the deed for the sheriff's deputy, that thought to rout the unlawful settlers who had gathered nigh the buffalo lick in old Kentucky? I had lined a beautiful swarm that very day into the hollow of a dead beach, and there lay the people's officer at its roots, with a hole directly through the grace of God, which he carried in his jacket pocket covering his heart, as if he thought a bit of sheepskin was a breastplate against a squatter's bullet. Now, Ellen, you needn't be troubled, for it never strictly was brought home to him, and there were fifty others who had pitched in that neighborhood with just the same authority from the law. The poor girl shuddered, struggling powerfully to suppress the sigh which arose in spite of her efforts, as if from the very bottom of her heart. Thoroughly satisfied that he understood the character of the immigrants, by the short but comprehensive description conveyed in Paul's reply, the old man raised no further question concerning the readiness of Ishmael to revenge his wrongs, but rather followed the train of thought which was suggested to his experience by the occasion. "'Each one knows the ties which bind him to his fellow-creatures best,' he answered, "'though it is greatly to be mourned that color and property and tongue and learning should make so wide a difference in those who, after all, are but the children of one father. Howsomever, he continued, by a transition not a little characteristic of the pursuits and feelings of the man. As this is a business in which there is much more likelihood of a fight than need for a sermon, it is best to be prepared for what may follow. Hush! There is a movement below. It is an equal chance that we are seen. The family is stirring, cried Owen, with a tremor that announced nearly as much terror at the approach of her friends as she had before manifested at the presence of her enemies. Go, Paul, leave me. You at least must not be seen. If I leave you, Owen, in this desert before I see you safe in the care of old Ishmael, at least may I never hear the hum of another bee, or, what is worse, fail in sight to line him to his hive. You forget this good old man. He will not leave me, though I am sure, Paul, we have parted before, where there has been more of a desert than this. Never! These Indians may come whooping back, and then where are you? Halfway to the Rocky Mountains, before a man can fairly strike the line of your flight. What think you, old trapper? How long may it be before these Tetons, as you call them, will be coming for the rest of old Ishmael's goods and shadows? No fear of them, returned the old man, laughing in his own peculiar and silent manner. I warrant me the devils will be scampering after their beasts these six hours yet. Listen, you may hear them in the willow bottoms at this very moment. Aye. Your real Sioux cattle will run like so many long-legged elks. Hiss! Crouch again into the grass. Down with ye both. As I am a miserable piece of clay, I heard the ticking of a gunlock. The trapper did not allow his companions time to hesitate, but dragging them both after him, he nearly buried his own person in the fog of the prairie while he was speaking. It was fortunate that the senses of the aged hunter remained so acute, and that he had lost none of his readiness of action. The three were scarcely bowed to the ground when their ears were saluted with the well-known sharp, short reports of the western rifle, and instantly the whizzing of the ragged lead was heard, buzzing within dangerous proximity of their heads. "'Well done, young chips! Well done, old block!' whispered Paul, 
whose spirits no danger nor situation could entirely depress. As pretty a volley as one would wish to bear on the wrong end of a rifle. What do you say, Trapper? Here is likely to be a three-cornered war. Shall I give them as good as they send? Give them nothing but fair words, returned the other hastily, or you are both lost. I'm certain it would be much mend the matter if I were to speak with my tongue instead of the peace, said Paul, in a tone half jocular, half bitter. For the sake of heaven, do not let them hear you, cried Owen. Go, Paul, go. You can easily quit us now. Several shots in quick succession, each sending its dangerous messenger, still nearer than the preceding discharge, cut short her speech, no less in prudence than in terror. This must end said the trapper, rising with the dignity of one bent on the importance of his object. I know not what need ye may have, children, to fear those you should both love and honor, but something must be done to save your lives. A few hours more or less can never be missed from the time of one who has numbered so many days, therefore I will advance. Here is a clear space around you. Profit by it as you need, and may God bless and prosper each of you as ye deserve." Without waiting for any reply, the trapper walked boldly down the declivity in his front, taking the direction of the encampment, neither quickening his pace in trepidation, nor suffering it to be retarded by fear. The light of the moon fell brighter for a moment on his tall, gaunt form, and served to warm the immigrants of his approach. Indifferent, however, to this unfavorable circumstance, he held his way, silently and steadily, towards the copse, until a threatening voice met him with a challenge of, "'Who comes, friend or foe?' "'Friend,' was the reply, "'one who has lived too long to disturb the close of life with quarrels.' "'But not so long as to forget the tricks of his youth,' said Ishmael, rearing his huge frame from beneath the slight covering of a low bush, and meeting the trapper face to face. "'Old man, you have brought this tribe of red devils upon us, and to-morrow you will be sharing the booty.' "'What have you lost?' calmly demanded the trapper." Eight as good mares as traveled in gears. Besides a fowl is worth thirty of the brightest Mexicans that bear the face of the king of Spain. Then the woman has not a cloven hoof up for her dairy, or her loom, and I believe even the grunters, footsore as they may be, are plowing the prairie. And now, stranger, he added, dropping the butt of his rifle on the hard earth with a violence and clatter that would have intimidated one less firm than the man he addressed. How many of these creatures may fall to your lot? Horses that I never craved nor even use, though few have journeyed over more of the wide lands of America than myself, old and feeble as I am. But little use is there for a horse among the hills and woods of York. That is, as York was, but as I greatly fear, York is no longer. As for woolen covering and cow's milk, I covet no such womanly fashions. The beasts of the field give me food and raiment. No. I crave no cloth better than the skin of a deer, nor any meat richer than his flesh. The sincere manner of the trapper, as he uttered this simple vindication, was not entirely thrown away on the immigrant, whose dull nature was gradually quickening into a flame, that might speedily have burst forth with dangerous violence. He listened like one who doubted, not entirely convinced, and he muttered between his teeth the denunciation with which a moment before he intended to proceed the summary vengeance he had certainly meditated. "'That is brave talking,' he at last grumbled. "'But to my judgment, too lawyer-like, for a straightforward fair-weather and foul-weather hunter, I claim to be no better than a trapper,' the other meekly answered. "'Hunter or trapper, there is little difference. 
I have come, old man, into these districts, because I found the law sitting too tight upon me, and am not over-fond of neighbors who can't settle a dispute without troubling a justice and twelve men. But I didn't come to be robbed of my plunder, and then to say thank ye to the man who did it. He who ventures far into the prairies must abide by the ways of its owners. Owners? echoed the squatter. I am as rightful an owner of the land I stand on as any governor in the States. Can you tell me, stranger, where the law or the reason is to be found, which says that one man shall have a section, or a town, or perhaps a county to his use, and another have to beg for earth to make his grave in? This is not nature, and I deny that it is law, that is, your legal law. I cannot say that you are wrong, returned the trapper, whose opinions on this important topic, though drawn from very different premises, were in singular accordance with those of his companion and i have often thought and said as much when and where i have believed my voice could be heard but your beasts are stolen by them who claim to be masters of all they find in the deserts they had better not dispute the matter with a man who knows better said the other in a pretentious voice though it seemed deep and sluggish as he who spoke i call myself a fair trader and one who gives his chaps as good as he receives you saw the indians i did they held me a prisoner while they stole into your camp it would have been more like a white man and a christian to have let me known as much in better season retorted ismail casting another ominous sidelong glance at the trapper as if still meditating evil i am not much given to call every man i fall in with cousin but color should be something when christians meet in such a place as this but what is done is done and cannot be mended by words come out of your ambush boys here is no one but the old man he has eaten off my bread and should be our friend, though there is such good reason to suspect him of harboring with our enemies. The trapper made no reply to the harsh suspicion, which the other did not scruple to utter without the smallest delicacy, notwithstanding the explanations and denials to which he had just listened. The summons of the unnurtured squatter brought an immediate accession to their party. Four or five of his sons made their appearance from beneath as many covers, where they had been posted under the impression that the figures they had seen on the swell of the prairie were a part of the Sioux band. As each man approached and dropped his rifle into the hollow of his arm, he cast an indolent but inquiring glance at the stranger, though neither of them expressed the least curiosity to know whence he had come or why he was there. This forbearance, however, proceeded only in part from the sluggishness of their common temper, for long and frequent experience in scenes of a similar character had taught them the virtue of discretion. The trapper endured their sullen scrutiny with the steadiness of one as practiced as themselves, and with the entire composure of innocence. Content with the momentary examination he had made, the eldest of the group, who was in truth the delinquent sentinel by whose remissness the wily Matori had so well profited, turned towards his father and said bluntly, if this man is all that is left of the party I saw in the upland yonder, we haven't altogether thrown away our ammunition. Essa, you are right, said the father, turning suddenly on the trapper. A lost idea being recalled by the hint of his son. How is it, stranger? There were three of you, just now, or there is no virtue in moonlight. If you had seen the Tetons racing across the prairies like so many black-looking evil ones on the heels of your cattle, my friend, it would have been an easy matter to have fancied them a thousand. I, for a town-bred boy or a scary woman, though for that matter there is old Esther, she has no more fear of a redskin than of a suckling cub, or of a wolf-pup, I warranty. Had your thievish devils made their push by the light of the sun, 
the good woman would have been smartly at work among them, and the Sioux would have found she was not given to part with her cheese and her butter without a price. But there will come a time, stranger, right soon, when justice will have its dues, and that too without the help of what is called the law. We are of a slow breed, it may be said, and it is often said of us, but slow is sure, and there are few men living, who can say they ever struck a blow, that they did not get one as hard in return from Ishmael Bush. Then has Ishmael Bush followed the instinct of the beast, rather than the principle which ought to belong to his kind? returned the stubborn trapper. I have struck many a blow myself, but never have I felt the same ease of mind that of the right belongs to a man who follows his reason, after slaying even a fawn when there was no call for his meat or hide, as I have felt at leaving a mingo unburied in the woods, when following the trade of open and honest warfare. What? Have you been a soldier? Have you, trapper? I made a forage or two among the Cherokees when I was a lad myself, and I followed Mad Anthony. Footnote. Anthony Wayne, a Pennsylvania distinguished in the War of the Revolution, and subsequently against the Indians of the West, for his daring as a general, by which he gained from his followers the title of Mad Anthony. General Wayne was the son of the person mentioned in the life of West as commanding the regiment which excited his military ardor. One season through the beaches, but there was altogether too much tattooing and regulating among his troops for me so I left him without calling on the paymaster to settle my arrearages, though, as Esther afterwards boasted, she had made such use of the pay-ticket that the states gained no great sum by the oversight. You have heard of such a man as Mad Anthony, if you tarried long among the soldiers. I fought my last battle, as I hope, under his orders, returned the trapper, a gleam of sunshine shooting from his dim eyes, as if the event was recollected with pleasure, and then a sudden shade of sorrow succeeding as though he felt a secret admonition against dwelling on the violent scenes in which he had so often been an actor. I was pressing from the states on the seashore into these far regions, when I crossed the trail of his army, and I fell in on his rear just as a looker-on. But when they got to blows, the crack of my rifle was heard among the rest, though to my shame it may be said, I never knew the right of the quarrel as well as a man of threescore and ten should know the reason of his acts afore he takes mortal life which is a gift he never can return. "'Come, stranger,' said the immigrant, his rugged nature a good deal softened when he found that they had fought on the same side in the wild warfare of the West. "'It is of small account what may be the groundwork of the disturbance, when it's a Christian agent, a savage. We shall hear more of this horse-stealing to-morrow. Tonight we can do no wiser or safer thing than to sleep.' So saying, Ishmael deliberately led the way back towards his rifled encampment, and ushered the man, whose life a few minutes before had been in real jeopardy from his resentment, into the presence of his family. Here, with a very few words of explanation, mingled with scarce but ominous denunciations against the plunderers, he made his wife acquainted with the state of things on the prairie, and announced his own determination to compensate himself for his broken rest, by devoting the remainder of the night to sleep. The trapper gave his ready assent to the measure, and adjusted his gaunt form on the pile of brush that was offered him, with as much composure as a sovereign could resign himself to sleep, in the security of his capital and surrounded by his armed protectors. The old man did not close his eyes, however, until he had assured himself that Ellen Wade was among the females of the family, and that her relation, or lover, whichever he might be, had observed the caution of keeping himself out of view after which he slept, though with the peculiar watchfulness of one long accustomed to vigilance, even in the hours of deepest night. 
End of chapter 5